Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Newtown Theatre. Please welcome a man who, like everyone in this audience, is rather damp today. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Oh, hello. How lovely to see you all. Thank you very much for coming along to this uh, podcast. It's called Richard Herring's Lipstick Smeared Teats Podcast. Uh, it's a tribute. I've, you've got to come up with a new thing with podcasts. There's, so, there's, so, there's too many interview ones. Comedians interviewing com- other comedians, it's boring. So from now on, what this is going to be, it's going to be a tribute to the scene in Under Milk Wood where Susan Penhaligon uh, puts lipstick around her nipple. I'm going to talk to all about my guests about their main memory just of that one. Seems like no one in the audience remembers that. Uh, it's, I remember it very clearly. I'm friends with Susan Penhaligon on Twitter now and that's all I think about when she tweets. But I was hanging out with the silent disco walking tour uh, today. Uh, they're people with headphones. They go around singing and dancing in the street, but you can't see what they're singing and dancing to. I mean, it sounds obnoxious and horrible, doesn't it? But it's, it's not. It's really cool. Most of them are just listening to this podcast as they do it. Uh, they all call it Rahalastabas. So I don't know if that's going to catch on. Um, I've been up early again today. I was woken at 5.15 this morning by my son singing, who's nearly two, singing his version of Baby Shark at 5.15 in the morning, which is just going, Daddy, boo, 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 Daddy, boo, 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 which isn't even the real Baby Shark song. Uh, some of you may not be aware of Baby Shark. I have a ch- small child right now, and you will become quite aware. Steal a child, and you'll become aware of it <laughs> pretty quickly. So uh, I, it was good, though. I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of subversive comedians on the fringe, but nothing is subversive as being waken at 5.15 by that and having to go in and then face that child for the rest of the day, poking you in the eye. Uh, four stars I'm giving him for that performance. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, this, I've, I've literally just been walking back and forth to this gig and then going home and looking after my kids. So there's not much, but I, every time I do that walk, something happens. On, I, there's, a, there's a con working on the meadows if you want to go to the meadows and be conned. Uh, there's that uh, con trick of if you can hang on to the bar for two minutes, you get £100. Have you seen that? It's a fake, it's, it's a con, don't do it. It's, what kind of, it starts spinning around or something if you do it. They get a guy who can do it because it's not spinning around and then it spins around when you try to do it, which is impossible. So don't do it, it's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, you know, it's good to see people being ripped off in Edinburgh. But it's, uh, the other day, and today as well, I got soaking, obviously, as I crossed the meadows and at the other side of the meadows, there's a phone box uh, advertising the tour of Wet, 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 which, you know, is when you're being heckled by redundant communications technology. You know, you really know you're at the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, uh, and that's all I've got for you today, that's all. Oh no, actually on the way down I saw the rude, most obnoxious man in the world and I tried to take a photo of him but a bus got in the way. He was uh, quite an old man, there was two of them uh, wheeling along suitcases, you know, the wheelie suitcases, but quite small ones that, uh, that men of their size should have easily been able to carry. They're both wheeling them along the pavement down by great Greyfires Bobby. And like a group of Spanish school kids came the other way and he didn't, he had it in, his, in that hand and he just let it bang into all of them. <laughs> I've never seen anything more of an honest. I mean, it's sort of funny, but it was also, what the fuck? I mean, I was terrified to go, what the fuck are you doing, mate? Why aren't you carrying that? Then some very big Scottish men came past and all of a sudden he was able to wheel that around them. It was weird. <laughs> I wish I got a photo of him because I wanted to just, I nearly said to him, you've won the obnoxious cunt of Edinburgh today, which is, you know, during fringe time, it's quite impressive. Have you seen, have you seen Silent Disco? Anyway, look. It's show seven now, so my research is fucking minimal. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of emergency questions. My first guest today is just going to get worse and worse as the fringe goes on. Please do come and see the show if you're at home. Uh, And I I am on tour as well, where I'll be much more uh, happy and uh, uh, less wet. Uh, uh, RichardHerring.com slash slash tour if you want to see whether I'm coming near to you. And I will start trying to book some guests for those gigs in September in Brighton, Leicester and Bristol quite soon. But my guest today, my first guest, is probably best known as Dave from Hollyoaks Later. That's why we've all come today, in it, out of the rain. Will you please welcome Spencer Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Spencer Jones. Welcome. 
That's it, Dan. Yeah, hit, sit here, pick up the microphone, and uh, then off we go. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah. I, I didn't see Hollywood, Hollyoaks later because it's a bit too sexy for me. It was the later one, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit too sweary, and then it's slightly sexier. Yeah. And I find the 6.31 sexy enough. Just <laughs> five minutes of that is sexy yeah. enough for me. Yeah. Uh, wh how, what did Dave do in Hollywood? Uh, Dave was a, um, a real straight-laced, born-again Christian who oh. uh, was really cool. Like, hey, guys, it's going to be fine, and all this. And then he got spiked with mushrooms. <laughs> and um, genuinely, he, a dog started talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in sort of Amsterdam filming this, thinking, this is weird. Yeah, yeah. even for you, that yeah. is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. thinking, this is weird. That is a terrible thing. Yeah. I always wanted to be in Hollyoaks. I was hoping, when I was about 35, 40, I was hoping they'd just write a part of a 40-year-old man who comes into Chester and just gets off with all the girls one after another. That's <laughs> yeah, the dream. That's what I was hoping I'd get that part. And I kind of kept on mentioning it on social media. Uh, and one of the Hollyoaks writers did get back to me and say, oh, well, that is, that is quite an interesting idea. But they basically, Dan Tetzel, who I used to do As It Occurs Me with, he did Tiny Andrew Collins aside, he was rubbish. Uh, and he got to basically play that role. He got off with about three of them. Amazing. <laughs> Too late. It would be bad now if I got that role now as a 52-year-old. It's a very different It's show. a different, yeah. it's a sort of Paul Hollywood <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> vibe. But it's not nice, is it, as a 40-year-old? It's still horrible at 40, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, look, man, I've, I've been watching your uh, TV show, uh, which has just come out. It's all on iPlayer, right? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the Mind of Herbert Clunkadunk. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is awesome. I don't know if you've seen this show yet, but it's they're 10 minutes long. You can get them all on iPlayer. Yeah. There's so much in 10 minutes. I've seen clips of your uh, stand-up before, and there's obviously elements of that. But yeah. It's so uh, oh, imaginative. Yeah. Like, as a comedian, the question you really hate getting asked is, where'd you get your crazy ideas from? You must um, be on drugs. But where'd you get your crazy ideas from? Because <laughs> yeah. I can't work well, out you, how you do You know, it. like, um, I don't know. Uh, all of our minds are kind of going 100 miles an hour. Everyone's minds, I don't maybe it's just me, but yeah, I think it's it just is. like, ding, ding. And it's not like I'm thinking of idea, idea, idea. It's <laughs> just this... This brain keeps moving and doing stuff. Yeah. And it, it, at home in my gaff, I've got like a workroom with like a keyboard set up because I like to play keys, but I'm rubbish. But there's music there. But there's also some paints and stuff and there's some stuff to draw. And then you've got the kids. And then you've got obviously a computer. And I, mean, I think I might be a little bit ADHD where I'll go, oh, I'm bored of that now. No, I'm going to play on the keyboard. <laughs> my pants. I'm going to have some watsies. I'm have some watsies. Oh, no. I feel like I'm going to paint. You paint for one minute. You go, no, I'm bored of that now. But as long as you keep doing that at home, <laughs> eventually stuff starts to build up. Yeah. And as long as the bills are getting paid, the <laughs> missus lets me live like that. Well, the, the show, the programme is very much, there's the, a character that I presume is quite heavily based on your wife. Yes, yeah, totally. Uh, right. Who is long-suffering... But, you, but no, she's, we're like a team. You should, we're a team. We totally yeah, are a team. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's definitely not the rolly eyes kind <laughs> of lady. Oh God, here he goes again. It's a funny character. The the the, the wife character of Herbert, who's not you, obviously, but uh, uh, yeah, is a very funny all. character as well. And it, you know, <laughs> but it is. I mean, you talk about this in your act about you know you you say I'm forty, whatever you yeah. are now. You know, yeah. but you always reference your age as you're walking around with, yeah. uh, you know things drawn on your stomach or yeah, whatever yeah. you've got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's lovely to be able to carry on playing like that into, into adulthood and beyond. Yeah, I mean, we're very lucky, yeah. yeah. It's completely, I mean, for now, yeah, we, I'm getting away with it. <laughs> um, it, is a it is weird. If you kind of look at it from the outside, you go, this is mental what you're getting away with here, mate. But yeah. But it must have been difficult when you first went onto stage with that because obviously, like, I mean, I don't know if you were going to... Did you start in, in stand-up clubs or were yeah. you? Or yeah, so you, there's people going on doing traditional stand-up and yeah. then you're coming on. The first gig was awful. I mean, <laughs> genuinely awful because I thought I'll go on as me first and then I'll go, oh, I've got someone I'd like you to meet. And I walked <laughs> off stage, badly fought it out, put the tights on, came on and everyone's like, it's just you in tights. <laughs> and, and it died, it died on its, you know, it died on its ass. And then the next one, I think, I mean, I was managing for maybe three minutes on stage and then bottling it and going <laughs> off. But there was one bit where I'd, I'd shout into a glass, like, if ever you're like in a bad mood, you can shout into a glass. And I thought that was a good idea. So you, I haven't got one here. But <laughs> yeah, I feel better now. Or like taking a microphone and you're not like on the, <laughs> this, is, this is so stupid, on like a, a X Factor. You know, like when they, when they sing quietly, they go really close to the microphone, but then they sing loud and far away. <laughs> and I did that for about a minute. <laughs> And then you're kind of looking into people's eyes and the audience going, yeah, move on, mate, move on, move on. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it takes a lot of balls. I mean, we can see your balls in uh, with Herbert. That's the first joke. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it does take a lot. It does take a lot of courage to to push through that, and presumably through quite a lot of difficult gigs to the point where people understand what's going it, on. I think I've done. All, yeah, it, you do think that. You think, oh, it's, but I think being like an old man and not of giving in it a go, I call it like a comedy icer. Like I, I'm, I'll happily be a really, really skin old man who's just tried it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Rather than I didn't try it, yeah. and sitting there going, "I wish I bloody tried it." <laughs> you know, I should have definitely turned a dog poo bag into a hat. <laughs> should have done that. You know, imagine being that guy. It'd be an awful way what, to end your life. What percentage of the ideas don't work or don't make it? So, like, if you're, if you're, you're, you're trying to basically yeah. take mundane objects and and yeah. It's sort of visual puns almost, isn't it? But it's finding the comedy in mundanity as well. But it's... Oh, it's difficult. Yeah, what's my percent? What's my hit rate? <laughs> I reckon this... Usually stuff works, but sometimes there's varying degrees and you kind of have to work out why it's not worked, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's hard to put a number on it, really. Uh, stuff sometimes changes, like, obviously, with an audience. Like, I've got a song at the minute which is just me saying, do you remember my mum, over and over again. And if you say it over again, do you remember my mum, 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 do you remember my mum? And young people think it's hilarious. <laughs> but like, there's mums and dads in the audience going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but it's yeah. sort of getting on board into the mindset yeah, of you. Yeah. I mean, as, another, as a comedian, I just, you know, I'm watching it thinking of all the technical issues behind it. Like, you're, yeah. are you doing a brilliant set at Melbourne? And I'm thinking, God, did he have to take that there's a thing with you've got like you're on a little wobbly Wobble, board yeah, yeah. and I was thinking did you have to take that on the flight yeah, with you or did you, yeah. yeah that cost dough yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and all the props you must have I oh think yeah, you, you don't get the made if you go to Melbourne you don't get a, a yeah. set made in Melbourne yeah, yeah. we've all seen those like um, those shows that are based at the airport when some idiot go what I can't bring knives in you know? <laughs> but it was me and what you got inside and I just went do you know what mate I, I've no idea if any of this is legal but have a look and that was enough for them not to look at any of it <laughs> That was the flag, you know, no one's going to do that. Take, you know, I don't know, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I had Weetabix in there, which I don't think you're allowed. <laughs> you're allowed Smuggled some Weetabix. Have all the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> taking you in. Yeah, yeah. They could get soggy and then stuck to the side yeah. of the plane. And, yeah. you know, One then little they can't seed get them off. Yeah. takes me out. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible, yeah. it's terrible. Um, uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, oh, there's, uh, there is some lovely stuff in that, uh, just in that first episode of your, the, when you just put your face in Cocoa Pops. Yeah. And then and then and and then, up, yeah. and then they just gradually fall yeah. off. I mean, that's sort of that's. Well, I, I wanted to do like you know like um, a breakfast scene where you know there's that brilliant uh, breakfast scene with Morecambe and Wise when they do the stripper. Yeah. And then there's all stuff, and I thought it'd be quite nice to have a guy who's like uh, a conductor, <laughs> but he feels like he needs to have a beard to do it. So the idea was you bang down into Weetabix, but I had to go for co uh, Cocoa Pops because they were better. Yeah. And then you come up and the idea was I'd have like a bow tie on and then I'd kind of get like a breadstick and conduct whatever was going on. But then that idea slowly changes and before you know it, you've got your face covered in Vaseline as a bowl of Cocoa Pops <laughs> and it's, an, it's a chat with the agent. So yeah. you just kind of always, you know, evolving it. And again, did you try every different breakfast cereal to find out the best one? Uh, I wish I had, but no, we, we, someone <laughs> mentioned Cocoa Pops, we tried it and that was it, it worked. But my, my mates Johnny and Will, we always wanted to have a plate of something. We had this idea for um, spaghetti bolognese. Yeah. Uh, there was going to be one where I shoved it in, it was going to be full hair, and then like a spaghetti bolognese <laughs> beard. We never got around to that. Another one was, um, we had this idea, we never did it, but you know like you get ponds that have got loads of pond weed, and that kind of algae, that thick algae. I wanted my kid to come up to me and say, in the show, he says, yeah. my, my tadpoles have got cancer. <laughs> He's got it into his head, and I go to look into this pond. And the idea is I dip my whole head into the pond and then come out with these nice green algae, sort of long tash sort of thing. <laughs> never happened, Aww. but yeah. It's a, it's, it, I know it's 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 such an individual thing. I mean, you know, there are echoes of other stuff in it. And sometimes it feels like very old slapstick comedy. Think, sometimes yeah. a little bit of young ones esque sort of stuff yeah, in there, but yeah. only because it's talking objects. It's still yeah, quite yeah, different. Yeah. Um, but it does. It is. It's finding you know your own comedy voice, which you've done very. I mean, how long have you? How long were you working in the clubs before you? Um, well, I would say because I started comedy when I was very young, like a double act. I was in a double act. Yeah. Me and my mate, seventeen years old, we were called uh, Marks and Spencer. 
And okay. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we did three gigs. First two gigs were great. The third gig was at the Sixth Form Disco. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and I said, oh, yeah, no, we'll do it. Because we'd smashed it. We had that l- lovely thing where you start and you're like, this is amazing. And I was saying stuff to my mum at home, like, just need to find out if I'm a big fish in a small pond. <laughs> like 17 years old and two gigs. And I turn up to the Sixth Form party. Everyone's like trying to get off of each other. They snuck in vodka. And I go up to the DJ and go, yeah, we're going to do some comedy now. And he says, really? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you stops the record. And there's going to be some comedy now. And I got booed off stage by 40 of my best mates. Wow. <clears throat> and I didn't do comedy until I was 24. So right. with the, the clowny kind of stuff, the eureka moment, I'd been doing loads of stuff, but then it was probably five, six years ago, I properly yeah. started trying hard when yeah. the kids came, you know, the first, firstborn came along, and it's yeah. like, you need to sort this out now. <laughs> People rely on you. <laughs> Yeah. But you have done quite a lot of acting as well. You're in Upstart Crow. Yeah, doing like playing of Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was called Gervais until two days before. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then they bottled it and then went, no, but you've still got to do a Ricky Gervais impression. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it'd be fine, it'd be fine. Like, Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And is that, just, do you think Ben Alton has a, because it seemed a little bit, nice, as the series has progressed it seemed a little bit on the nose and um well b- um, um ben always told me and uh, the, the the guys in charge said like that the camp of his time was the biggest comedian in the world yeah and they went for ricky gervais as a because he's you know the he's done so well in america and yeah, stuff yeah. they wanted it to be that uh and uh yeah it's a difficult one because you kind of when i came to edinburgh in 2014 i had a terrible edinburgh but i did one gig that went well and the casting agent was there and that's how i got that oh job really? <laughs> like the worst edinburgh ever it was horrible <laughs> but i got that job out of it and yeah. uh yeah it, it has ricky gervais uh, ever commented upon it he's n- no he hasn't no 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 and I, I know people that know him and he's never mentioned it really? but you can't really kind of you know <laughs> i don't think he would i mean you might not have even well, seen it because he sometimes gets little beefs so there's some, there's an american comedian who always takes the piss out of him and he is yeah. quite ang- on twitter he's quite angry about yeah. that guy no, so it good. probably means he's not angry about you. No, no. <laughs> I try my hardest. I try my hardest. And I'm from Red. I was born in Reading as well. So yeah. I, yeah, that's part of the accent. It's quite an easy sort of pretend. Cool. I'm going to ask you a couple of emergency questions. Oh, okay. oh look at that. That's gone down. Sorry, that's Sorry it doesn't matter. It's just some junk I'm trying to sell to the audience. It's fine. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you this. I'm gonna, it's coming in quite random. Okay. Uh, if you had to invent a fifth season, which <laughs> two other seasons would you put it in between and what would happen in this fifth season? <laughs> That's great. Uh, I think let's have something like just between, oh, winter and spring. Um, I don't know what we're going to call it. Why would I put it there? Let's, I'll think about that in a minute. And uh, uh, maybe a season before summer. Yeah. So you can work out how to wear shorts because I look rubbish in shorts. So it'd be nice if we had a, a little season, mini season, the working out what, you, you, what your knees are like sort of yeah. section. Just know. getting trousers gradually shorter. <laughs> yeah, that'd shorter be good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just imperceptibly for, a, for yeah. like three months. No, and nobody notices. No, nobody notices because yeah. it's just gradual every day. Yeah, and then suddenly yeah. it's summer. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Let's, let's, do, let's make that happen. <laughs> uh, I think uh, in Edinburgh, there is, they, need a, they need four seasons. They've only got one season. <laughs> <laughs> and it's every season, every day. Uh, uh, okay. Um, uh, oh, there's some questions in here I don't remember writing. I, I'm not saying I wrote this book quickly. Uh, is your happiest memory of a time when you were alone or with other people? That's a weird question. Happiest memory. That's, that's a question for a date, apparently. That's what uh, I thought would be a good question to ask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going, mate. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Are you happier alone or with other people? I, my, my happiest memory is like when when the kids were born. Yeah. Yeah, and you go, yeah, you know. Um, Did you really? Because, I, I mean, I'm glad the kids are here, but the day they were born, both of them was uh, horrific. No, no, it was just once it had finished. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a gig. Yeah. You know, it's like the gig's like, ah, and then after it's like, thank you, thank yeah. oh, God. For that. Yeah, yeah, um, nice. yeah once they were there. Well, I, I think it was when my daughter was born because we were convinced that we were going to have two sons. Not like, you know, you know, kind of, oh, we just got a feeling. It's just... There was little clues and stuff, you know. We got, you know, we got when they do the scan and stuff, and then when it was a daughter, it was like, you know, yeah, it was that was an amazing oh, feeling. That's pretty a bit, you know, it's not funny, but <laughs> <laughs> I hope your son doesn't listen to this. He's going to be really upset when he <laughs> finds out he didn't want a it's boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although I do get very happy watching the Rocky movies on my own. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. You get still get the goose pimples. Yeah. 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 I kind of, you know, the older I get, the more I like being on, on my own as much as possible. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, uh, it's nice having a family. It's all right, isn't it? 
No. No. <laughs> you have to pretend that you have to pretend it's all right, don't you, man? That's the thing. I know we're on the same wavelength. And we'll do one more, and then we might have to get the uh, crazy ladies out from backstage. I'll ask you this. I'll be interested to find out uh, your answer to this. Would you rather have a tit that dispenses talcum powder, yeah. so it comes out of your nipple, yeah. or a finger that can travel through time? Uh, so your, tr your finger can go anywhere in the past or the future, yeah. not the present, I've discovered, because that is just your finger. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you can alter things. You can look through the hole and see what's going on, so you can, you can, but you can't get any further than that. Just in. the finger. Yeah, and you can do a lot of a finger. You can. <laughs> I mean, it's better than some talcum powder covering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it, uh, basically the question is, what would you do if you could put your finger through time? What would you touch and change? It would probably, I, I'd probably do stuff, but then you, you'd want to see the result of it afterwards, wouldn't you? Yeah. So I think just my finger popping up at very key moments in time. <laughs> just there it is there. Yeah. And don't alter stuff just in case it has a big, you know, back to the future stop, you know, <laughs> issues. There is something in the Bible about a, a finger appearing in midair, <laughs> so maybe that's your finger. Isn't yeah. No. I mean, just sort of aiming for the Bible times, yeah. you know. It's not a very significant cool. story that people remember, but there is something about a disembodied finger. Oh, this is a question I thought of yesterday, because I'm... I'm I love coming to Edinburgh, I've hardly ever done it, but I like to go and see the, Lewis, the Isle of Lewis Chessman in the National Museum, gallery, whatever it is. Right. And I would quite like to take some of those home with me <laughs> and keep them. And someone found one in a drawer. Did you see that? Someone found a Lewis Chessman in their drawer that had been there for 50 years. You know the Lewis Chessman? You must do. I, I don't know that, the best. Yeah. Well, they were discovered in the Orkneys or somewhere like that. Forgive my ignorance. Uh, the Isle of Lewis, probably. Uh, and um, <laughs> thinking about it. And... Uh, <laughs> And they're just this really sort of slightly comic but quite cool chess set from Viking times. Yeah. I would like to ha own one of those. If you could take one item from any museum or art gallery and you're allowed to take it home with you in the world, oh, they just said you're allowed to have one I've not one been thing. to enough. I've not been to enough to give a good answer. So is there anything that you're looking at? Is there a painting? Because like, it's like not necessarily it has to be the most valuable thing. Yeah. It could be. No. Oh, God. Richard, is there um, anything you fancy having in your house? <laughs> I saw a nice Van Gogh the other day that I'd never seen before. I thought I'd like that. That's not one of the main ones. They yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't miss that. It's probably cheaper than the others. Yeah, one of his so early I'm works. I'm looking to see how much that is. <laughs> oh, it was a bit out of my price range. Um, oh, God, what would I like? So maybe something, from the, something to do with the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe quite good to have John Lennon's That Piano he played. And imagine that'd be pretty good. <laughs> it would be pretty yeah, good. Yeah, but never play Imagine on it. <laughs> just, just chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> Put videos online just to annoy people. Yeah, you should have done that as a version. Imagine you had my piano. It would be pretty cool. <laughs> hey, look, we've got uh, two more fantastic guests coming up. So it's going to be a slightly quick one, Spencer. But thank you so much for coming in. When's your show? Oh. I love the poster as well. I love the all the sunglasses. Oh, the sun. So the five forty-five at the uh, Pleasants. One of the ones beginning with B, beyond, beside, or beneath. <laughs> right. I never know. I just walk in and do the show <laughs> and uh, the monkey barrel four is my late night uh, disco which is weird every night okay. if there's anyone in the audience who wants to get up and sing please do it's amazing stuff that spencer does you do have to go and see it if you haven't seen it before ladies and gentlemen spencer jones i mean i don't know if i'm just getting old but everyone i see now I just think fuck they're so they do. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, he's, he's an amazing comedian. Uh, as our, um, our next guest, I'll quickly mention the fact uh, you should have all got a program at the beginning. That is a gift, as always. Uh, what I've been doing at these shows, as I've always done for the last 15 years, uh, is make a collection at the end for Scope, which is a charity that uh, is helping disabled kids and trying to get equal rights and access to disabled people. If you feel that program was worth something, you can give some money in the buckets after the show, either uh, someone holding one as you're going out, or if you look for me, I'll be sitting on a desk in the, in the entrance door. Uh, sort of slightly wet from the rain uh, and uh, there'll be a bucket on my table hopefully you can give some money there I'm also selling uh, emergency questions books you can buy the brand new emergency questions book at a, at a knockdown price as I'm trying to shift my remaining stock uh, you can buy the original emergency questions book uh, and you can also buy uh, some amazing Rahalastapa week stickers I'm one of the cool kids uh, if you buy both books you get those stickers for nothing that's amazing I think this we've got a few more that will be available on gofasterstripe.com uh, if you are quick as well uh, and I'm very happy to say hello sign your programs do selfies all that nonsense I have a card machine you can pay by card if, uh, if it's working yeah it's what Peter Kay does at the end of his gigs as well he does he goes out I sometimes I make 45 pounds uh, you know it's quite good Spend it on pret a sandwiches. <laughs> so, that's what I spend it on. Right, my guests, I've really prepared nothing for these two. 
but I might not have even done. I might not have even done what they're best known for. Uh, I haven't. Uh, they're best known for um, uh, being up against each other for the Herald Scottish uh, Culture Awards. But which of them was the winner of that, and is therefore the best of the two? <laughs> and would that lead? Uh, and they're also best known for. They're like Russian dolls. One of them came out of the other one's vagina. That is. That is the. Uh, that is the amazing. There might during this show another one might come out of the other one's vagina. <laughs> And we'll, we'll never... <laughs> Not bad for just off the cuff, was it? Because I forgot to prepare anything. Will you please welcome the amazing Janie Godley and Ashley Story, ladies and gentlemen. They're from Scotland. They're from Scotland. They're like you. Come in, sit down. Um, I'm not pregnant. I'm just bloated. <laughs> you horrible man. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were asexual and that your family and you just produce... Yeah. Another, another clone when, when the time is ready. Yeah, we another just keep pulling comedians out of my No, vagina. don't do that, Ma. <laughs> right, okay, sorry. Don't point at your fanny in a mason's hall. Oh, yeah. I, I think feel you like mean... I'm the first Catholic with a fanny to sit on this stage in a Masonic lodge. <laughs> True. I feel like I should roll up my trouser leg and just start shaking everybody's hands weird. <laughs> Flashing my nipples. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do. I presume any woman who comes in here is, leaves in a coffin. That is my guess. Whether yeah. Or just a body bag. I don't think they'd have the respect to put them in a coffin. Thinking about Hashtag not all Masons. Not all Masons. <laughs> so far, I've been quite rude about the Masons on this podcast, and we haven't been kicked off this. Right, okay, <laughs> so let's not discuss that. Um, I, might, I might be sent to prison. They've got, they've got contacts. Shit, what am I doing? All the police are in the Masons, aren't they? What they was are. I thinking? Um, so who won the, uh, which one of you won the, uh, the award for being the best cultural thing in Scotland? It the was me. One. <laughs> <laughs> the one who's had more time to contribute culturally. Yeah, it was me. She and she heckled me all the way through my speech. <laughs> and the funny you. thing is, is people in the audience or, or in the room didn't know that she, some of them didn't know she was my daughter. So as I got up, she's like, boo! <laughs> boo! Old lady! <laughs> And I could see the horrified face. Oh my God, it was very upmarket. And all these people are like, oh my fucking God. That woman's really upset that she lost out in that award. <laughs> and I had to explain it was my daughter that was booing me. And I thought it was funny. But there was, you know, those old people that shouldn't attend events because they don't have the right cultural input. They just sat like that. <laughs> is that microphone working, James? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I can't tell if it's me or... Is that all right? Is my microphone working? No, it is now, it is now. Right, okay. I, th I think it doesn't matter, Jane. I think they'll be able to hear you anyway. That's fine. So. <laughs> I can you hear asshole. you for the International Space Station. It's <laughs> very loud. It's because I'm a bit deaf. She knows, do you know yesterday, because we're sharing a flat at the Fringe, because we don't have a million pounds for two flats for a month. Um, <laughs> She got up at like nine in the morning and she does these voiceover videos that you all love but I don't understand. And um, she was doing some, I don't know what you were doing, but all I could hear is, that's Nicola Sturgeon done something over and over and <laughs> over again. And it like swept into my dream and then woke me up and I was furious and then you didn't understand why I was in a bad mood. She's in a bad mood every single time she wakes up since she was three and a half days old. <laughs> Which is true, so I don't understand why, why you're surprised every morning when I'm in a bad mood when I wake up. The pattern holds, mother. Stop being like, what's wrong with you? It's morning and I've woke up. That's true. Even as a newborn baby, she woke up like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's because I heard your voice. <laughs> I told you I wouldn't need any questions. I'm not, I, mean, I, I, might, I might just take the rest of the show off. I can have a nice half now with my own idiot children. So it's, um, <laughs> I'm not saying you're an idiot. Uh, saying, saying Thank my, you. My, my idiots. Um, uh, it is, well, I, I do have to apologise to you, Jenny, because every time I complain about Edinburgh, the price of Edinburgh accommodation on Twitter, someone will then go, why don't you go and live in Glasgow and commute in? And I will then say, talk to Janie Godley about that, who yeah. lives in Glasgow and doesn't commute in. So. We can't, because we've got this show, and then she's got her show, and then I'm doing my show, and then I'm doing Radio 4 tonight. So it's not like we can just come in the train, do a couple of shows, stand in a bus shelter, and then <laughs> wait till that's finished, and then do a show. You need to be here, you can't. And our flat was three and a half grand this year, and the women asked us not to smoke in the flat, so I stole her telly. 
<laughs> yeah, my, 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 I'm staying in a house because I've got two children and they don't contribute anything. To, at no, least yours is working. Yeah, yeah, um, I still don't contribute. She doesn't <laughs> contribute to the flat, no. Mine's, mine's £7,000 for that. Oh, wow. a humble but brag. The, the guy who... It's a nice house, I have to say. It's worth... It is... I mean, it's not worth it. Okay, I got into it. I thought, oh, it's worth it. Thought, no, it isn't. No. Uh, but the guy who owns the house is friends with a guy I know in London and I've mentioned... And he'd, he'd been saying, oh, I think Richard Herring's staying in my house. And so I tweeted this, and then now he's all his friends are taking the piss out of him. For, he's a socialist guy. Oh. And all his friends are taking the piss out of him for being a rip-off <laughs> landlord. So, <laughs> so it's worth it. <laughs> it's been worth it for that. I decided not to spend any money on anything else. So I've no. Got, I haven't no. put posters up and I haven't... Uh, but we are doing a free show. Um, yeah. So it, it's a different thing. Um, in a sense, it's a different thing that we've not got... But then you don't have a guaranteed you know, wage coming in either. No. We take such risks to talk to strangers, don't we? We do. But, I mean, you guys, both of you have got a, a fantastic attitude towards the Fringe as well. And mm -hmm. I've seen you, actually, were talking about, uh, you know, the shows are free and you want them to be free because you want people to be able to see them. And yeah. if they can't afford to see them, it's, 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 especially if you're doing an important message for... Mm. Uh, well, this year, it's about mental health thing. Last year, it was... Mm. There was Last year was smear tests. Sm yes. Because yeah. it's very important to get your smear tests because women are dying of embarrassment and that's ridiculous. Yeah. And this year, I'm talking about being mental because the NHS waiting list was too long for a therapist. <laughs> so now you have to listen to it. Um, <laughs> but but it's, it's free, and I think yeah. it's good being free. I mean, I still make money. That's the other thing, is, is when you do a free show, people think that you're not making any money. And I don't do a big push on the bucket speech. I mean, even she gets annoyed at me because my bucket speech is, if you liked it and you've got money, stick money in. If you don't like it, just keep that to yourself because nobody likes a grass. That's it. <laughs> I don't push for money, but... I think that when you're at a paid venue, and I've been at this fringe since I was 11, yeah. so I've watched comedians sit with knots in their stomach, selling out a 60-seater every day, and knowing that they still won't go home with money, knowing they'll still go home in debt, yeah. even though they've sold out every day because the venue's taken a cut and because everybody's taken a cut of that. And I never, ever wanted to be that. I never wanted to live that life where the fringe was so distressing that, yeah. that it wasn't fun anymore and the free fringe allows you to have fun it allows you to not have to sit with a boulder on your chest and also not funding tories so <laughs> <laughs> yay that's my girl <laughs> and it's you know and for the people who uh, live in edinburgh and scotland and people who are coming up it's yeah. so expensive to to be in this city anyway that yeah. it's you know it's, yeah, it's, it's great that so, there is there are free shows it's important that that the, the art, I mean, I am hardcore working class Glaswegian and I know that the arts aren't always accessible to people on a limited budget and I'm not that, I'm not, you know, uh, skint anymore, but I remember wanting to come through at the fringe but people can't afford £16 a ticket, they can't afford the £25 train ticket or whatever it is and then they get here and they just can't afford to see more than one thing so it's such a huge risk. And the thing about the free shows is, is it makes it really accessible for people to come and see a show and then go, wow, I, I don't have money. And people often come in my queue and go, Jenny, I don't have any money. I'm like, I never asked you for money. You don't have to pay. This will be fine. Enjoy the show. Go out, have a good time. And I say to people, if you can put money in the bag, do it. If you can't, don't. And if you're really skint, take money out. Because I won't die for the one a couple of people taking a tenner off me. And it just takes that whole thing as this isn't for us. This isn't for us. That's for really posh English people. It's not for us. No, it's for us all. Come out and see it. Have a laugh. And some people put, you know, boots, coupons and euros in my bag, which is fun as well. <laughs> but we'll keep them for after Brexit when the economy crashes. We will. <laughs> But from a business sense, even though from her socialist, you know, everybody deserves entertainment. Um, <laughs> that is not my fucking voice. <coughs> Sorry. Everybody deserves entertainment. <laughs> um, from a business sense, it just makes it just makes good sense as yeah. well because you'll know yourself that when you're a newer comedian and you're coming to the fringe, people who have twenty quid are going to spend that twenty quid to see somebody off the telly. Mm -hmm. They're going to spend that money to see somebody they know and are guaranteed a laugh because they've made them laugh before. They're not going to risk that money on me. So new acts should come and do mm -hmm. the free fringe because it's, it's a way you can get seen because you get told repeatedly the only reason you come to the fringe is to get seen yeah. by people. You can get seen by people. You actually get seen. You're not fighting with Richard Herring. Yeah, you're, you're fighting with people who 
you're not thinking anybody. You're the open and available. The other thing that made me switch to the free fringe, because I've done all the big venues for years. I've done the Assembly, the Pleasance, the whole lot of them. I've done them all. And I remember one day I was on Flyer and Flyer, and I'd do like, the daytime shows to get an audience in. And then I would Flyer them, and these people went, oh, we really loved your show. We'll see you at 6 o'clock. And I'm like, thank God. And then I'm standing outside the Pleasance, and up comes the people who'd sought me at the show. And in front of me was a guy from, like, you know, some big comedy promotion company. And this is like the middle of the festival, giving out free tickets. So it's already the free festival. (laughs) You know, these people are getting, so why would you buy a ticket for me when there's a guy standing there where he can't get his hand round him, they're that big, of free tickets for his comedian, his big London boy that's gonna make it next on the telly. So we need to paper the room. So I'm like, why are you outside the venue giving away free time? It already is the free festival. Yeah. So I'll immerse myself in it and do it properly. And I do get some sticks. Some of the promoters have said, oh, I wish you wouldn't do the festival. You're legitimizing it. I'm like, that's good. a ridiculous thing to say. And good. And do you know what else? I pay my tax. And do you know what's more important? I pay my fucking staff. Because right. like they don't. The big venues, they don't. Richard, I don't know if you've seen I've that in seen the newspaper. It. They don't. <laughs> I've seen it. Well, they say, I mean, they were saying, uh, Nick Burns was saying that uh, down the line you'll get, you get your foot in the door and then it means you can, it leads on to other jobs, which I think was true in the 80s and 90s when all those yeah. people were starting up. But it's not, you know, there's so many people up here now. Yeah, there is things. And people, that, leafleters and everything, that yeah. you, you're not guaranteed to get To expect anything. kids to come out, and they come from all over the world. They don't just come from, they're not even homegrown. They're kids all over the world and they come here and they work for like 12 hour shifts. And it's like, oh, we're actually a charity. So they get paid like twampins. And then they're living in a flat with 19 other kids, but they have to put it down the experience. Do you know what? Pay your staff. Yeah. Like, say something funny now, Mark, because it's got a bit of... <laughs> <laughs> You did it, no, well done. I was, thinking, I was thinking there was a girl selling tickets in one of the little booths, you know, yeah. pissing down with rain. And you kind of think, when she came up to end, did you think, oh, this is going to be great, I'm going to the Edinburgh Fringe, and you're going to be sitting in a hut all day just printing up tickets for people. If they're not, they're not they've got to pay people to do that yeah. job. That's yeah. not a nice job to yeah. do. No. Anyway, I love both of you on social media for lots of reasons. You both have, you, have grabbed you? hold of the internet. Do you love me on social I media? Because you. you don't follow me on I, Twitter. <laughs> I love, I've seen it. There's <laughs> <laughs> too much stuff, Ashley. That's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird, because how would you even know? Well, I'd see you all the time on that. I assumed I was following you, because you must be your mum between them. Because I see your videos all the time. I'm quickly following you now. Uh, So that after this show... We love social media. For me, it's really weird, because the, the, the people in public assume that people my age can't work socially. Well, I don't know what it is. Is it Snapchat? The, you know that? But the I, best thing about social media and you is that for years, her and my dad would fight a lot, yeah. and then she got Twitter, and now she fights with strange men. <laughs> <laughs> and they're finally happy. Yeah. So it saved our marriage. It has. <laughs> and she can tell when I'm arguing with somebody just by the hardness of the typing. <laughs> I can hear it and I can know, oh, she's, she's in an argument with somebody, or I'm going to hide. Well, I love the people who take you on, Janie. Oh, it's I'll kind fucking of insane, go for like, it. I think they think, oh, it's, it's a woman, she'll crumble. I mean, they really don't know you at all. No, I will go for it. Full brottle. I'll get right in there. Somebody else to me go, eh, I don't like you, you're no funny. I was like, nobody's making you watch me. Go away, you arsehole. <laughs> like, well, well, that's not very nice. Do you know what else isn't very nice? Your eye. Go away. Keep it off my Twitter feed, you don't need to look, nobody's making you. I like it when it's the guys who are like, you're an ugly cow, and then you look at their profile picture and they're like... (laughs) (laughs) For those listening, I did a thumb with a face. Um, (laughs) I like the ones that say, you'll never get sex, and you look at them and you say, have you been in a fire? Don't care. That's unkind. If you are going to question my ability to have sex, I'm going to slag you back. <laughs> you entered the internet, you opened the door, you looked at me, you says, nobody touches my fanny, hard down on it. <laughs> also, we live together. Her and dad pump like crazy, so... <laughs> It's Sometimes. only just one room, isn't it? So uh, you all live in one room. I like to stand at the door and shout, why are you hurting my mummy? <laughs> and then they have to pay me to go away. <laughs> and, 
Well, this, your, your videos on uh, the, the videos you're doing online are incredible, Ashley. Really, really good fun. Thank uh, you. The Handmaiden's Tale. What in Scotland? If it was set in, some of them are like if, it's, if Game of Thrones was set in Scotland. Yeah, I do if stuff was Scottish yeah. because we don't really get a lot of representation. Like when I was growing up, the only Scottish people I saw were drug dealers on the bill. So <laughs> or, or in the pub or 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 un uncles. Um, <laughs> but I, I just like the idea of things being different if they were Scottish, and then I've got some characters like Chad, who's a pickup artist and is really good at parkour. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> weird I love stuff. Chad. I know. I love the fact that she did. If The Handmaid's Tale was Scottish, and Margaret Atwood retweeted it and spoke about it, she oh, was she, absolutely. She, yeah, that's the she best. She cried. Thing. She's like, oh my god, this is my favourite author. Um, and I, and it's me. I have to run out in the hall with a camera. Yeah. And I have. She, I can be sitting just like watching TV or reading a book. And she just comes in with a wig and a whole outfit. I'm like, oh, that was weird. Where did you come from? She went get your camera, come into the hall, and then we have to tell her dad not to come out. We have to put the sausage dug up high because it's wee tip tappy toes make a noise <laughs> on the floor. So and then I have to video it. And then she's like, fine, go back into your room. Um, and then they go up online. And I love your characters, but she's always done. Even when she was a wee girl in the pub, she used to come into the pub and all the drunk men would be there and she'd be like, who's this? Diggly, dig, 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 and make me funny noises. And everybody's like, your child is really weird. Do you not remember I would come into the pub and just reenact whole scenes from Miss Jean Brodie You did, you did. And I would walk in in a dress and be like, Teddy Lowther needs a lover. And they would be... <laughs> and just horrified old men would be staring and I'd be like, assassin, assassin, assassin. She did. She's film. very weird. Yeah. She used to make stop-start animation with her own camera, and she took all the wee, um, the wee Playmobiles, and and every it was now always, it was always a Jewish family <laughs> escaping from the Nazis. <laughs> always, and the worst one is no, don't, mum, don't tell them. It's really bad. I didn't know. <laughs> they had they had the baby in the oven, and I didn't know any better, and it was. Stop. And we couldn't say when she went, I've just made a video about the, the Jews escaping from the Nazis. Do you want to see it? And me and our dad's like, okay. And it, you know how like, the Playmobiles was always a kitchen scene? Because they didn't have Playmobile outswitch. It was just a kitchen scene. And then it was like, we need to run for the Nazis. Then the mummy opened the oven door and put the baby in it. And me and our dad are like, <laughs> oh my God, we can't tell her, we can't tell her, we can't tell her. She's like, and, and then they all escaped. And everybody was fine and it was really good. And then occasionally my big fat ginger cat would come on and just like pee in the middle of my scene. Yeah. And she couldn't edit it, so it'd be like a really nice story with a narrative. Big cat! Then disappears. Big eye right up the camera. But she was always, that, that's all she ever wanted to do was yeah. make film, even as a very small child. All she ever wanted to do was just sit in the carpet with a camera and make her own wee films. Yeah. And you know, then the internet allows, and, and it's, it's interesting. I know when we talked before, Jenny, you, you were saying it's, you know, it's so difficult to get on TV as working mm -hmm. class people, but you don't, then suddenly 10 years have passed and you don't, that doesn't matter anymore, does it? In I fact, am the first working class Scottish woman to be on Have I Got News For You in 35 years. Yeah. The first. Thank uh, you for that one whip there. Yeah, thank you. Your lackluster applause is noted. <laughs> No, I think it's the internet has pro it was a proper ha ha for, yeah. for both of us. Like stuff that I'd pitched to BBC for years yeah. and they were like, No, we don't we don't like you or your mother. <laughs> and um <laughs> and then the first video I made that if Harry Potter was Scottish got thirty million hits. Yeah. Thirty million hits and that whole oh you won't really work well, well the public won't like you. <laughs> I was like, na na <laughs> and it was great, it was a great feeling in the same with her yeah. videos where people were very much like, you have to be less political, Jane. Yeah. It's awkward and it's embarrassing. And then she's made her bread and butter making fun of politicians. So and having a fight with Trump. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. But one of the things is as well, she made it, the, the BBC and modern media had a rule where it had to be like, uh, one minute 30, that was that. Somebody at media school has taught all the people in media, it has to be just one minute 30, we've researched this. She actually got the rules changed. She made a video that was over two minutes and they now changed the rules and they can be longer. Technically now the algorithm has changed okay. on yeah. Facebook, so they want your videos to be longer than three minutes. Yeah. It's a weird thing. It so changes all the time and it makes me very nervous because <laughs> the robots decide. Right. <laughs> but yeah, the, the internet has changed things and I think that it, 
People always said to me, you're too working class, you're too scummy. I mean, I've had promoters say this to me. Um, you're too working class, you're too loud, you're too common, you're not, you know, and you won't ever find your audience. And the whole time, the audience was there. Yeah. And I found them. Um, and now they're like, oh my God, it's so innovative. <laughs> I mean, that's not what you said two years ago, Lucy. <laughs> Quit well, pretending that a woman's running comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it is. I mean, I think hopefully things are changing in, you know, oh, yeah. in the world, and hopefully things are getting better for women and for for people for different social groups. Well, it's different uh, because if a man puts a, this is the thing we've noticed. If a guy puts a video, his content on the web. See, but a woman puts the con, and that's just a given. We were speaking about that this morning with journalists. That if a female journalist puts a story up, um, and it gets like two or three, it, it, it gets hundreds of comments. A man, it's just like two or three. That still exists. There is still that thing that the minute you put up a video, hateful comments, hateful comments yeah. will always come more for women than they will for men. Yeah, it's just a thing. That's just the internet. That's just, the, just internet. the internet. Yeah. There's always going to be some guy. Like every time I post a video, there's a man who comments every time I thought I told you before you're no funny yeah like, <laughs> like that's going to change anything Tam but it keeps at it and it I know, keeps them I get busy it and it doesn't, it, doesn't it doesn't matter they're just people shouting I was walking down the street trying out a wide a wide brimmed hat once right and I was playing I was playing Pokemon Go and this guy drove past me and he was like fuck off fat Indiana Jones <laughs> stop wearing a wide brim hat or being fat because that guy shouted it out a window so that's just what twitter comments are it's just a guy shouting nonsense out a window i'm well, not going to heed it that one you said is is archetypical because it's like someone can't understand that there are other people in the world other than them yeah but i've told you you're Do not, not funny. yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i get that too <laughs> but it's just not everything's for everybody and yeah, i do yeah. a radio show and occasionally we get a message and like who let you on the radio i don't like this and i'm like well it's not for you then pal yeah. go yeah. listen just to something else go listen to lbc <laughs> this isn't for you i know i've never run into a baker's when i hate marzipan why is this still being made <laughs> Like, and it's disgusting. It's like almond blue tack. Stop <laughs> making it. <laughs> we, but we support each other. I mean, yeah. sometimes in the house, I'll get a whole big slew of, you're going to die, we're going to kill you, you're getting threats. And the best thing is, and I know it's terrible and I shouldn't say it out loud, but the most threats I get is they can't spell threat right and it looks like I'm getting threats. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> or they're going to come and reap me, which is weird. <laughs> and... Um, and I always write back, you reap what you sow, and they don't get the joke, and then it just goes on and on and on. But she'll come through and go, Mum, I see what's happening. Do you know what? Put the phone down. Just ignore them. Bunch of assholes. And like you taught me, it's just idiots shouting out of cars. But then you laugh because you'll get that one, I've told you before, you're no funny. And I'm like, well, I better just give the house back and everybody their ticket money back and stop doing comedy and go back to just working in a pub. You're right, I'm dead sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry my talent has offended your life. But I think they think you're upset and they take delight in that when in fact she's sitting pissing herself on the couch <laughs> fighting with these people and I'm like, Mum, leave them alone. <laughs> they don't know any better. And it's not fair because it feels like an it feels like an unjust fight. It's like it's like yeah. like a big heavyweight boxer having a fight with like a two year old. It's not a fair <laughs> fight. If the, the two year old comes in and says I wanna fight, then the, the yeah, you still has to punch yeah. them. That's that's the rules. <laughs> If they've started it, I mean, but that's you know, but that's it is so it's such arrogance and stupidity yeah. to think there's someone who's a professional comedian. A that you know they're making a living from it, so that proves that they're, yeah. they're good enough for what they're doing. But B, I'm going to be able to take them down <laughs> from my. I saw we should not funny. Through. I'm like fine. You better. T what, my favourite one is now I do is when a lot of people say you're not funny. I can't believe MD pays to see you. I mean, why don't you stand outside my venue and tell the 700 people coming in that they have to stop buying tickets and you don't like me because I'm sure they'll listen to you. But sometimes they do, and then they turn up with leaflets saying that you're a spy. I and that Did was you know terrifying. That <laughs> oh my! Oh, uh, we're not really mother and daughter. We've been hired by the British gov government to cause like trouble and di divert attention away from what's actually happening. And I'm an emergency actor. She's an ah, uh -huh, she's an emergency actor. I'm a spy for the British government. Oh, wow. Guy stood outside my venue, gave all the flyers out. I mean, the, the gig that night was hysterical because I just read it out on stage, and um, apparently I'm a. 
I just wish that if we were, that like, they'd pay for our flat. Yeah, I know, me too. <laughs> the wages for the British government being an emergency actor are shit. <laughs> but it's, it's weird, and I just accept that there is people who, who are going to say stuff, and I just go, oh, well, that's fine. Why don't you come and stand outside my venue and tell everybody? And I'm sure other people get in and go, oh, you're right, son. She's rubbish, but we're still going to go in and listen anyhow. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it is what it is. But I, I love the web, and I love... Twitter and I love Facebook and I love the access we've got straight to people who enjoy your stuff and immediately they can see it and I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, that it's that's the upside of it. Well, it's the upside of, a, of yeah of, of an enormous downside that Twitter has brought yeah. the world. But it is yeah, and I think that's when Twitter started. It, it was all it was mainly upside. It was a good yeah. way people getting to know each other and liking things they liked and it's unfortunately been infected by... But I just block them, I just block yeah, them and block yeah. them and block I can now put no, a video up. It's better to mute them. No, I'll tell you they why. they don't know they've been muted <laughs> and then they're just screaming into a void and they think you can see it but you can't and, and that's a great feeling. But the problem with muting is is people who like me start fighting with them and get involved in, you know, side arguments and then there's a fringe fight happens at the side. So I just block them so they go, oh God, let's put up a video. Oh fuck, I can't see it. <laughs> So I like that feeling, and it just means it just feels, it's just like somebody doesn't like your stuff, like I'd go out my door, don't come in, bye, don't look. And it means I can put videos up now and there's no like 17,000 Rangers fans going, you're a cow. <laughs> Other football supporters are also mean. <laughs> I am a Rangers fan and I'm a Protestant and they still haven't got that into their head, but it's fine. Some of them are really banging hot though, so I like that. Like some of them have got prison muscles and um, you know they smell a lynx Africa but hate an African and it's... I call them hot cross huns. <laughs> hot cross huns! You bring one of them home to my house. I know. <laughs> Ma, this is Billy. Big tattoos and these things. It's amazing that, you know, it's often with people, I mean, I know you're not a double actor, but I know you've done stuff together, but like, to be working, I was just thinking it'd be weird. I mean, I know you said, when are you coming on your own? And I will have you on your own, Ashley, because you're, you're the best one, really. Thank you. Uh, she'll, die, she'll, be, she'll be dead eventually as well. <laughs> that's why they gave her the award. She's closer to dying. I really uh, don't think so, mate. <laughs> Maybe not. But it's, it's, you know, I was thinking, God, if I had to go on a podcast with my mum and talk with my mum, how weird that would be. And you're, su- you're such good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're very close. I mean, you know, I know we talked before, Janie, about the, how hard your life was to, mm-hmm. to begin with. And, you've been, and obviously, you've been through things. We joke about yeah, it. But, uh, yeah. She's had a sad, sad life. Your sad, <laughs> sad life with your sad, sad book. <laughs> But it's amazing, it's amazing to have that relationship as a mother and daughter and, and be just comfortable with each other. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard. It's my boyfriend. <laughs> is that Billy? Is he a hot cross hun? Yes. <laughs> no, I know, it is really... We no, are, we're good, we're good pals, but it's, we pretend... Like, she was always like, I'm not your friend, I'm your mother, but that was bullshit. Yeah. Um, she's very much we're pals, and yeah. I think that it's born of the fact that my dad is very autistic yeah. and not good at anything socially, so I just had to step in there and be like a, a husband-daughter to uh-huh. you. And, yeah, that's weird. But you Wish were I had me said that. Yeah, right. <laughs> But you were always, even when we were, you were young, she was always like good fun and we've always been, re- we kind of think in a really weird way in being all seriousness is I know that as she grew up and the more she realised what kind of life I've had, she became very, you became very protective yeah. and overcompensatory. Um, for, you know, she would say, uh, I remember, this is an example, when she was about four or five, before she knew anything, really, I remember once she was combing my hair and she went, see, when I'm older and I'm the mummy and you're the baby, I'm going to buy you a nice dress. <laughs> and I think children do do that. They think that when they get older, you're going, and, and we kind of do. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's but all... If you turn into, like, if you Benjamin Button and go all babyish, Pella. Right, that's the way we're doing it. <laughs> but we are very supportive of each other and we very rarely have a fight because living with my husband who has got autism can sometimes be so exhausting and draining that she's like, oh, fuck my poor <laughs> and And we kind of gang up on him a wee bit and, yeah. and she's been great with him because even if I tell him he's wrong, you go, no, I'm no. And then she'll go, as soon as I go for a pee, she, the minute I leave the room, she's like, listen up, you arsehole. <laughs> You've been annoying that woman for 40 years. 
just you're wrong. Her. Just fucking leave her alone. And then I'll show him on Google how he's wrong, and then he'll feel bad. <laughs> yeah. The internet has ruined my dad's life. Yeah. He can never be right about anything again. Elvis wrote all these songs? No, no he never. never. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a couple of emergency questions, and then we're, it's, it goes so fast, the time on, on uh, this, this show. But uh, I'm going to go old school emergency questions for both of you. What is the uh, uh, what's the most pretentious book you've uh, ever bought but never read? Lincoln and the Bardo. Okay. Yeah, I've never read it. Yeah. I just bought it because I wanted to look smart in front yeah. of a hot bookshop man. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No. Um, I think I bought uh, Catcher in the Rye. Okay. Just somebody's cheap coils fell out. My friend Vicky. <laughs> oh, Nobody has coils now. Um, my friend Vicky used to take Catcher in the Rye. On Have you checked? Everybody's funny. Yeah, just get a wee metal detector. Just to see if she'd get pulled over. And she never got searched, but Al was dead, and she would have Catcher in the Rye with okay. her. Weird thing. It's a good book. Yeah, I will read it one day. I mean, I'd rather Shit, have John Lennon alive it. than the book, though. Mm. Yeah. That's why that's the guy who, the guy killed him uh, read Catcher in the Rye, and that's what made him kill John Lennon. Mm, I think he right. it was just him being mental and what he killed people that I made him kill was. people. <laughs> I think catching rides to blame. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> controversial. What is the worst Adam Sandler film? We haven't talked about Adam Sandler at all on this uh, Edinburgh Fringe podcast. He's back. I don't even know an Adam Sandler. Do you watch Adam Sandler films? Yeah, love them. She's <laughs> a film buff. Which is the worst one of the Adam Sandler? Um, I'm going to say the remake of Burt Reynolds' The Longest Yard was the worst oh. of the Adam Sandler films wow, just because okay. it was a weird remake and Burt Reynolds was still in it so it made it really confusing because uh, okay, it was yeah. a remake and an and I don't know yeah. so I'd say Big Daddy uh, Big Daddy yeah that is rubbish yeah, that well done Jamie terrible film. thank you <laughs> done for spotting that Jamie but I'm the woman that Disney know MD I sat in LA backstage with Zac Efron spoke to him for two years and didn't you know who he was <laughs> She had to come she out. She thought he worked in the theatre. I thought he worked in the theatre. She said, Where do you work? And he said, Here, meaning LA. And she was like, Oh, that's wonderful. Can you get me a wee cup of tea, son? <laughs> wasn't until we came out. Uh-huh. And I went, This is my daughter. And she went, <laughs> <laughs> I went, What's your name again? And I went, Zach. And she went, She just did this. Put your hand right on my face. She just did that thing. <laughs> And then she went, Mum, we literally watched a film we are in it yesterday and I'm awful with faces and names. But but I bet he liked, I bet Zac Efron liked being... He was, he was absolutely cool. He was the nicest boy. He told me he'd worked in Glasgow and he'd be, because I thought that he he worked on film somehow and he was was really interesting. He He was nice. Well, you meet a lot, you know, you've got Margaret Atwood and uh, Shatner. Is he still, <gasps> still ch- chatting with Shatner? Shatner. William Shatner? I can't talk about it, but okay. yeah, he's messaged me, Shatner's a pit. Oh. I'm marrying him. Um, whoever made that disbelieving noise, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I could, okay? <laughs> I could get Shatner if I wanted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> I'll ask you another question. Oh, I'm excited. I tried to get William Shatner when he was over onto the podcast, mm. but he wouldn't do my podcast. Oh, well, it means people said he'd, he'd Once said, Ashley's married to him, the two can come on together and she'll yeah, still not be together. I'll bring you on with William Shatner. That'll yeah. annoy you. Will that annoy you if it's. I'll only have you on with other people. I just want to come on by myself. You can't. You've got to be William Shatner and you. Margaret Atwood, if you can come on with Margaret Atwood, I'll have you back on. Right, fine. Uh, just follow me on Twitter. That's all I it's want, pretty, really. It's pretty, I'll follow you on Twitter. I can't believe I'm not following you on Twitter. <laughs> I must follow you from a se- my secret account. Um, <laughs> what was the biggest lie your parents ever told you? That they were happy. <laughs> what? We told you you were diabetic. <laughs> that too. Uh, yeah, I wasn't allowed sweets, and when I asked why, they said it was because I was diabetic. <laughs> I also told her that the ice cream van, when that noise went, it meant that the man um, was crying and he had to go home. <laughs> told you lots of lies. Yeah. <laughs> when that Care Bear came to my birthday and it had a hole in the bum of his suit, you told me he sat on a jaggy cloud and I was afraid of flying for like 15 years <laughs> in case a jaggy cloud ripped the plane open. That's true. So um, let's, let's hear about, we've really got to finish. 
Tell us about your shows. What, what, what shows are you doing in Edinburgh and what, how can people see it? I'm doing Godly on the Fringe. Apparently it's not on the app, but I don't know. Anyhow, Godly on the Fringe, it's at 8 o'clock every night at the Counting House round at the Pear Tree. It's free. Um, if you want to turn up, queue early. We have quite big queues. Come along and see it. I'll be doing voiceovers live on it, um, which has cheered me up no end. Ashley? I'm on at 5.30 every day at the Pear Tree, which is part of the Counting House mm -hmm. and it's a free show but I'm also on BBC Radio Scotland every night, every Friday night from 10pm till 1 in the morning and if you do miss that you can catch it again on the BBC Sounds app and website The Ashley Story Show. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> and have you seen anything you want to recommend quickly from anyone else or did you not go and see? Shows? I have seen um, uh, Matt Davis is a wee American comic who's came over without any help and on his own, that very essence of the fringe. And he's down, uh, it used to be the old original stand, the 52 Canoes, down in the Westport. Okay. And he's only on at half past two in the day, but he's an amazing American comic. And he's so good, and people just won't see him because he's not in the brochure, he's not in anything. But go see him, half past two, 52 Canoes, down at the Westport. I love him. And I've seen an angry, drunk homeless man who's found a jazzy suit and has convinced half the bars in Edinburgh that he's a performer. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It's, a, it's absolutely the streets are my favourite place to see yeah. insane people <laughs> hitting Spanish tourists with suitcases. Right, well, we're going to have to end it there, but thank you very much to my fantastic guest, Janie Godley and Matthew Story. We're back tomorrow with the big Jen Brister, Steph Tintel. Uh, we've got loads of great gigs coming up. Please come and see it again. Goodbye. See you again. You have been listening to Rahalastapa at the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring. Thank you to Pest for providing the music. Thank you to everyone at the Newtown Theatre and The Stand and everyone at gofasterstrike.com. The producer is James Hingley. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and gofasterstrike.com production. Go to rahalastapa.co.uk to find out more. richardherring.com slash gigs to find out who my guests are for the rest of the run.